0: boom we are live for a brand new episode of the electric podcast i am fred lambert your host and i'm joined by seth wentrout live from new orleans are you doing
1: seth i'm good i don't know how my internet connection is going to be for this but uh i'm ready to go Uh, he's streaming straight from a 5g phone uh straight
0: from his microchip in his um left uh, vaccine (laughs) vaccine. uh
1: what's your 5g phone uh, it's an iPhone Max, whatever 12 the Max. new iPhone. I okay, can't. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, let's jump in. We have quite a few uh, news items to discuss this week. We're going to start with a few Tesla news, and then we're going to dive dive uh, dive, dive <laughs> into uh, the uh, a few a few uh, more general EV uh, news items that came out this week. But let's start with this this exclusive that we had at Electric earlier this week about a new 420 watt solar panel coming out of Tesla. So it's uh it hasn't been officially released through through Tesla's official channel on its website, but we managed to confirm through third party installers, which now Tesla has for solar panels. So for for a while now, we knew that Tesla had third party installers for uh, the solar roof tiles, of course, and uh, even Elon recently mentioned that it's like actually like a big part of uh, the acceleration of the of the deployment of solar roof tiles, but. Um, the solar panels, which still accounts for most of Tesla's solar business, was mostly installed by Tesla's own crews that came out of uh, Solar City. But um, uh, now they also, like now Tesla is, is basically trying to position itself as as a, just owning the ecosystem of, of energy at a home. And um, Tesla was already partnering with other solar companies to install um, their, their power wall, of course. But now, now that they also released their solar inverter, uh, they, they they have more of the hardware ecosystem, especially the intelligent part. And that if you want the integration of uh, the Tesla uh, app, the Tesla Energy app, to everything like all connects together. And now they added solar panels to that. Uh, we doubt that Tesla is producing it itself, or I mean, it's almost impossible they're producing it, it themselves. Uh, some people are also like questioning whether they designed it or not. Though they, they do have some features on it that comes from Zep Solar, which if you remember, it's a company that uh, Tesla that Solar City acquired, and then Tesla acquired Solar City, so acquired Zep's technology in the the process too. But uh, the the really the um, more headline wordy part of that um, new solar panel is, is the power. It's a 420-watt panel. And uh, that's, that's pretty rare for, for the residential market. Uh, it's something that we, you will find for a uh, commercial solar installation. But for a, a residential one, it's, uh, it's pretty high. For, for example, Tesla's last panel that they use, well, actually, they might still be using it because if you go on the website and you configure a solar installation from Tesla, you get a 340-watt panel. Uh, but uh, again, from, from third-party installer, we were able to confirm that Tesla started offering these panels to them, the new Tesla 420 Watt. There's also mentions, if you look at the, we up there in the spec sheet that you can find in the article on the track. But they, uh, they also mention a 425 and a 435 panel in there. So something to consider too, but uh, we haven't seen any mention of them from third-party just yet. A uh, few interesting thing to mention on it: the all black panel. Tesla is big on aesthetics, of course, and uh, also the Zep system to uh, install the panel on the roof uh, makes it very, very flush to the roof. So you, there's no there's no gap in between it and the roof, uh, which obviously looks better, uh, especially combined with the all black. The efficiency is uh, 9.8. Uh, nothing crazy. Nineteen point eight. Uh, sorry yeah, yeah you're right 19.8 um, which is still nothing crazy in the solar panels you have you have panels available now that are over 20 uh, even like uh, some common panels uh, in the higher hand that are closer to 23 24 uh, percent efficient but but the efficiency is not is not everything the efficiency will allow you to squeeze more power on on a smaller roof really but if the space is not really the issue then uh, this panel it's probably going to reduce costs here because Tesla is going to have to use fewer panels per installation since a single panel is 420 watts, which is a lot more than 340. So you can uh, you can just install like a handful of panel and get a 4 kilowatt system. Um, yeah. But we don't have any... any uh indication of cost just yet because again it's not on Tesla system so you have to get the third party installation and then and 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 then that also includes like the, the cost of installation and everything else that comes with it not just the actual solar module. But we only keep an eye on that for when it actually becomes available on Tesla's website.
1: Yeah so just Wait. to clarify it's a bigger panel, same you know relative uh efficiency. But it's easier to install because there's fewer to install. But it yeah. like you're gonna need a bigger pallet. Um and it's probably gonna take up similar amount of room on the roof, but just yeah. easier to install.
0: Yeah. Also it's four twenty watts, so it's, it's four twenty friendly, which uh has <laughs> a big impact in Tesla community. So We'll see. Do you think that was an accident, or do you think it was? Ah, uh, I mean, what was strange to me is like if you the spec sheet that we did obtain right here does have the four twenty five and the four thirty five too, but uh, they, 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 there's no indication that Tesla shipping those just yet. So we're focusing on the launch of the four twenty one. But we could have uh, phrased that differently if you wanted not to uh, to be a little bit less clickbaity, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. By the way, if you now at the bottom of every electric article for now we have this little ad of our own shirt here designed by yours truly well design is uh, i i came up with a concept and then we have our, our own uh, uh, graphic designer michael bauer that did the heavy lifting i just came up with a concept which is uh, you have nine electric vehicles on it electric vehicle of note we call them uh, y- you can have plenty of argument about which ev we could fit in there but i thought it was cool like just because a, a lot of people know the history of electric vehicles just how Far back it comes, and uh, we start with the Thomas Parker car, which actually was launched in the 1800s. Uh, a lot of people don't know about that, and uh, up to the early 1900s, there was a bunch of electric vehicles available. They were actually dominating the the car market for a little while, and um, so we all. Each of the little design you get the profile of the design and you get the the name and the production uh years of the of the vehicle and of course, straight in the middle, we decided to include the electric vehicle, uh, which was produced in the early eighties for a brief moment
1: yeah, and just incidentally that wasn't why we named the site electric. It was yes. just kind of kind of amusing that uh we've got a similar uh, yeah, we f- found out about it after the fact. And now there's somehow also there's like a little
0: resurgence of that car. Like I think a bunch of people uh, started buying them and trying to refurbish them and put them back on the road. And yes, there's one guy in Colorado that actually has a driving one now.
1: Is it, is yeah, it in Colorado? Yeah, the whole Unique Mobility was the name of the company. And it, yeah. since, since then it has got purchased. But that, they were all in Colorado Springs, mm-hmm. which incidentally, there's like a big battery uh, community out there. Yeah. Uh, which may or may not have been uh, from that. But uh, it's a unique car, and uh, I wouldn't. I don't think aesthetically it's amazing. Uh, but <laughs> that's the understatement of the year. It kind of reminds me of a pacer, like a AMC yeah. pacer, which, of course, didn't win any design awards. Dude. But um, you know, it's an electric car from the '70s, so mm-hmm. but one a couple hundred of them. One
0: of my criteria for choosing, because I chose all the models that, that, that went on there, was also the unique, having a unique profile would give you more chance to, like, people ask, like, why did you put the Cybertruck on there? It's not even on the market yet. I do think that the Cybertruck is going to be an impactful car uh, in the US, especially. Uh, that's, that's also why it's there, but also it has a very unique profile, so it looks cool just to be on there. But uh, yeah, and also big thanks to Michael too for, for designing all those profile. That was that wasn't an easy work. But yeah, now you can. I mean, you can find it on our our Teespring uh, side. But uh, you just go on in the Electric article basically, and at the bottom you can click on the on this, yeah. And uh, you can also get these shirts too. Yeah, these are also on our Teespring. Yeah. Uh, the just the bigger if you just want to let people know that you read Electric, which you should, You really sure. Completely unbiased comment from me. <laughs> All right. Sticking with Tesla energy, um, we got kind of an interesting uh, data point about the Powerwall, which, as you know, now uh, has to come with a Tesla solar installation. They are not selling them on their own anymore. And uh it's funny enough, the comment came from Elon during his trial in Delaware right now over the source seat acquisition. We haven't talked about it too much because well, honestly it's not that interesting. <laughs> other than Elon being actually on trial and having to testify in front of court. Um that, that's really the only interesting part. But the the lawsuit is, uh, is is not as as interesting. It's basically some Tesla shareholders suing Elon and they they also sued the other director of their board member. Over the acquisition of SolarCity, which those shareholders claim that Elon forced um, the acquisition on on Tesla for a price higher than it should have been. And um, that's pretty much it. So, the, so the, the the actual court case revolves around, did Elon actually have control over the acquisition? Because officially, he's, at that time, he was chairman of the board and CEO, but that doesn't necessarily give you control over the company. Uh, and uh, and he officially he recused himself for the discussion around the uh, the acquisition, we, which he first proposed, and then he let, of course, the shareholders had to vote on it, and they voted with a strong majority to, to go through with it. So there's not like there's, there's not really that much of a case, in my opinion, on there because uh, the acquisition made sense. Now you could argue that the price uh, didn't make that much sense. Uh, there may be an argument there that uh, could we Tesla uh, could have. Uh, Paid less for it, but uh, and and to be fair, all the other board members that were uh, defendant in the lawsuit ended up settling the lawsuit for sixty million dollars. Elon was the first, the only one that refused to settle, and um, but to, on on the sides of the board members, they settled for sixty million dollars, which was covered by their insurance, so they didn't have to pay anything, and uh, they didn't admit any wrongdoing in the settlement. So. It's it's kind of a nothing burger, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, if uh, if they can prove that Elon uh, was in control of that deal and forced the deal on the board and that the board members had no say in it and whatever, uh, then yes, Elon could be on the hook to pay back Tesla uh, for, for the acquisition, which again, would also be a nothing burger for him. It's like $2.6 billion. It's, I mean, it's not nothing, nothing. I'm sure he doesn't have that cash on end, but Really, what what will happen? Which is so stupid. Like, if you think about it, if the shareholders win here, um, Elon will probably have to sell some Tesla share to reimburse Tesla, which, which is completely crazy. But that's where we are. Anyway, during that, although uh, his testimony uh, throughout the week, he made some comments about. Uh, the, the reasoning behind the combination of the two business of solar city and Tesla. And the main one is like, we have those power wall that work great with the solar uh, installation. And if we have a solar installation company, we can completely integrate those products and, um, and sell them better and make them more uh, efficient, which is what Tesla did, of course. Uh, but um, then, during those testimony, he actually released uh, the first time that we have like the backlog of orders for the Powerwall. He said that there's currently about 80,000 Powerwalls on order. Uh, and he also said that Tesla, he believes that Tesla can only produce between 30,000 and 35,000 this quarter. And he did say that currently the, the bottleneck um, for Powerwall, which we always thought was battery cells, is actually the chip shortage right now that is, is causing Tesla issue with the uh, Powerwall production. But um yeah this is, this is a big deal. I mean eighty thousand power walls is, is is a lot of power walls. Um, we we just we just discussed uh, and and we just discussed as significant ramp up of power production because uh, last year, in May of last year, Tesla announced that they uh, they deployed a hundred thousand power wall, and so that was throughout the first five years of, of power wall installation. It took them five years to install a hundred thousand of them. And then last May, they announced a 200,000 Powerwall install. So over the last year, they installed 100,000. So uh, five times faster than the first uh, 100,000 Powerwalls. And now Tesla is installing them apparently at thirty to 35,000 units per quarter rate, which is pretty good, more than
1: 100,000 per year. Yeah. And they're they're not even pushing them, really. I mean, they're just at the store. Um, And recently... um... We noted that uh you cannot get a power wall without buying solar now. Um, so you know, clearly that was part of the, you know, we can't make enough of them quick enough. But they've always been like that. Um, you know, my power walls came months and months and months after um you know they were supposed to, like I would say years after they were supposed to. Oh man, and we no and we we ordered some um, before the, the referral ones came in, we ordered some, like I would say, two years, and, and never got any. So they've always had a problem, you know, first with batteries and now with the with the chip shortage.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah, they increased the price of it too. Obviously, didn't affect much of them in, uh, on it. People still want it. And uh, if you look at the home battery pack market, just the, the mind share of it, uh, Tesla completely dominates that. Like when you yeah. think of a home battery pack, you don't think of the uh, LG Rezu, I think is the name. Like I can barely remember the name. Of it. Uh, actually, no, the LG ended up uh, recalling all those on top of it because That's of right. the stock problems. Uh, I don't even know if they
1: sell that anymore. But uh, uh there's yeah, there's a company out of Germany called Sonnen. that has yeah. uh, Samsung's got them Panasonic even has their own uh, mm. uh but you know nobody's nobody's going out to find those unless there's I, you know solar installers will have their own options but um, but even sunpower,
0: which was the biggest uh is the biggest i think residential solar installer in the u s for the longest time, was only using Powerwalls. I think they just now announced their own uh, product uh, because they're. I think since Tesla announced that they are only selling the Powerwall with solar installation, I think they're uh, they're probably moving away from that. Though Tesla didn't clearly say that they won't sell to other solar installers which come with solar, but it would make sense for Tesla to prioritize their own solar installation combined with it because that's the thing. 80,000 Powerwalls is not 80,000 homes getting solar. Uh, most projects have more than one power wall. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly what is the like per kilowatt of solar, how many uh, power wall you want. But uh, you have like what? You have 16 kilowatt of solar and you have omni power wall?
1: I have almost 13 kilowatts of solar and I have two uh-huh. power walls and I probably should have gotten more. Oh, yeah? Uh, so And it's it's the, the power wall is about how much um, you use during the day versus that night and and there's a bunch of other calculations that go along with it. I mean, it's fine. Um, we can kind of go forever without, uh, um, without power. Uh, but we have to like, you know, scale back our usage of like the dryer and the oven, the electric oven Mm -hmm. and like, you know, the pool filter and all that stuff. So Mm -hmm. two power walls we can totally get by on, but if we really wanted to, um, go off-grid if we needed to. Three would would have been better. That makes
0: sense. Mm-hmm. All right, this was big news too. Uh, yesterday, uh, Elon kind of uh, huffed a cough on Twitter, which, like he often does, announced a significant upgrade for the supercharger network. He says that Tesla is currently upgrading the supercharger network from 250 kilowatts uh, higher uh, power capacity to 300 kilowatts, um, which is... Uh, which is a decent, decent little upgrade here. Of course, not quite the over three hundred and fifty that he uh, discussed back in the in his child's Toys comment back in two thousand and sixteen. Uh, we don't know what happens since in between, but uh, yeah, still between uh, a jump from two hundred and fifty to three hundred is, is, is still decent. Now he didn't elaborate too much on that. Like uh, we, we still need to know. So first of all, what what car are we gonna be able to take that or? Are the latest model three model Y vehicle able to take over two fifty? Uh, I think I think the new model S and X would make sense. Probably that, that that's probably something that uh, the, the timing of it, the release of those new cars, the upgrade to three hundred kilowatts for the supercharger network. I think it would make sense that Tesla has bolted in that capacity into the new cars. And also you have to remember that model uh, Model three and Y for a long time had that power capacity advantage over the Model S and X, which made no sense since the those were the higher hand uh, cars in Tesla's lineup so maybe now those cars are gonna have a tiny tiny 50 kilowatt advantage but of course like we we always talk like we, we say that Tesla was kind of slipping on that front like Tesla always had the charging lead the fast charging lead always add that uh, but in terms of total power capacity it lost that in the last uh, year or so with uh, the now the 350 kilowatts from other automakers and other charging networks now that are deploying those. But uh, but Tesla always still was seen as the leader because of just of the all extensive the supercharger network, is. Uh, the fact also that Tesla cars are more efficient than other long range vehicle, which makes you even having a lower power capacity still gives you a better um, miles per time of charging. But. Uh, well, yeah, now they they're catching up with that three kilowatt, three hundred kilowatt charge rate. But like what I just said, it all depends on the actual charging station. While what it looks like,
1: yeah, that's a great point. The uh, you know, if like for instance, Porsche Taycan can charge at you know right. two seventy kilowatts, but it's only got two hundred miles of range on a huge like almost hundred kilowatt battery. So you know, charging miles per hour, Tesla still schools uh, the Taycan. Um, also, a big factor is the uh, the charging curve. So, like, uh, for instance, uh, a Ford Mustang Mach-E can charge really fast, you know, when it's empty. But as soon as you start getting the 20%, 30%, it goes down. Yeah. Um, so that's another big factor. Although the uh, Hyundai Ionic 5 seems to have a pretty good charging curve. Like, it stays high for a pretty long time. So it's going to be interesting to see how. I don't think we've seen a really good um, comparison between um, the new Model S and the uh, the Hyundai Ionic in terms of charging. That'll be interesting to see. Yeah, well, though for
0: sure, there's more uh, more battery pack to to charge in the new Model S than the Ionic. Uh yeah. what's, the, what's
1: the size of the Ionic pack? Kind of blank. Can't remember. It's like seventy, seventy-five, something like that. Yeah.
0: All right, uh, that happened last weekend, but we didn't discuss it, of course, because the last podcast was on Friday. But uh, Tesla did uh, stick to its timeline of uh, releasing FSD Beta V nine on Saturday. So uh, all the uh, early access, early access, all the vehicles in the early access program have received the update, and uh, oh, my. Uh, well, that that screen is frozen for some reason. All right, it's back on. Um, um, yeah. So uh, what we see here is uh, the uh, the visual update. Uh, the driving visualization has, has been updated. It looks a lot cleaner than the previous version. A lot more like production ready and less of a debug mode like the um, the, the the version prior. And also great performance from it. Like so, that's a beautiful rendering here of over of a three. Uh, three-way uh, intersection. You get very clear lines of it. You get non-like drivable um, r- surface that you you cannot drive over or clear are clearly indicated, and you can also see the path of uh, the of the vehicle, and that that shifts as you uh, as you drive through. You can you can see like. Uh, and it's it's it, the driving situation. I've always been like a, a confidence builder for, for 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 a driver, but using Tesla Autopilot and now in this case uh, Tesla FSD, and um and I th- I think this is the the biggest confidence builder yet because it looks beautiful, really. Uh, you can of course like follow a bunch. Of, we uh, we we posted videos from a, a bunch of early um. Uh, Access owner that uh, that are posting their experience on YouTube with it, and uh, so far so good. It looks like the um, I mean there, there's still there's still problems with it, like like always. It's not it's not perfect. You need to be careful and pay attention. But it does uh, look like an improvement with the vision-only system. And however, however the, the the system is still broken down in between. Like you, you have the code for the highway, the autopilot that um, everyone has now. With the Tesla, well, not everyone has. I should say the, the the newer car has. If you if you still have a radar in your car, so if you're older than a, a, a May Model 3 and Model Y, then uh, Tesla Tesla still hasn't updated that. Um, but um, for the newer cars, already is on the road and wider release. But um, they're operating with a different code for FSD, and they they hope to match uh, those two together for the wider release, which. I mean, uh, you said in a month or so, but uh, you, you know what that means? You, we we never know. But so far so good. L- looks pretty good. Um, I'm looking forward to to try it myself, and uh, I'm just uh, I'm just worried knowing like what happened with autopilot at first, and how people like abused it and everything. I just don't just don't want that to happen with uh, with like. Already being called autopilot was a problem. Now you can imagine being called full self-driving and not truly being full self-driving and people abusing that. And uh, we criticize a lot of the media uh, when they, uh, when there's an autopilot accident and um, and they say full self-driving Tesla crashes and, and things like that. But uh, And I still think it would, it would be wrong to ride that when FSD is a white release and there's a crash and everything. But you cannot blame them too much when the actual
1: feature is is called full self driving. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, Tesla is taking risk it, with that. It definitely seems further along. It feels more, uh, you know, closer to wider release. I I still have issue. Like for me, it sounded like Elon was saying you get the button and you're a lot like if you're a beta tester or if you're just a normal FSD purchaser, you get to mm-hmm. choose to click the button or not. And I thought that was what was coming. So I'm a, as a first full self-drive purchaser. Um, I'm a little bit better that uh, mm-hmm. you know can't drive, can't drive with with full self-driving mm-hmm. right
0: now. Yeah, especially if uh, soon you have like a long trip to do or something. Like, you, there, there's still a lot of value in it, um, even if you have to pay attention. It, it still uh, alleviates some of the driving the uh, uh, requirements. Some I mean. Not necessarily driving requirements, but I mean, I know, I know when I use autopilot, I I, I feel more relaxed. For sure. Yeah. should attention, keep my hands on on the wheel. But I know that for the most part, like it's gonna at least keep me in the lane. I just have to watch out for, like that. that that's ninety percent of of driving. It's like watching out for the idiots. Like, <laughs> it's, right. That's basically it. All right, uh, we're gonna move on from test Oh no, no, we did have you uh, know commenting on that release. Uh, sorry, a second uh there's one thing that uh, tesla the new update does is that it does it doesn't just uh and, and it's really important since you remove the use of a radar now radar was good for detecting object accelerating decelerating from a distance and everything now you, you you do that purely on vision and um what vision is good too though is it can detect like turn signals can take uh tail lights and everything so uh human eyes, when, when we see a car in front of us decelerating, most often than not, we're gonna see the tail lights before we actually detect that the car is slowing down, uh, which is actually, believe it or not, why tail lights have been invented. So this is very uh, a visual sign that's very important. And now Tesla Vision apparently detects that and even renders it in the driving visualization. Uh, so when when someone saw that, asked Elon like, that, that that's great, and then Elon said, yeah. And not only that, the turn signals are coming, so that the Vision will also be able to detect the turn signals. So it's going to be able to predict to a degree, of course, that the car wants to 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 turn. But even like humans, we we okay, someone put their flasher on, but you still have to, uh, uh, to because people like leave their flasher on for no reason and things like that. But the other thing that a lot of people have been talking about. And I remember you said, mentioning that recently, uh, when it comes to emergency vehicles, yes, Tesla Vision is going to be able to detect uh, uh, lights and, and things like that, like the flashing lights from an ambulance or a police vehicle. But you said that uh, we also, as humans, listen to the road and can hear sirens. Now, Elon also said that the, the, the system is going to be able to hear and listen for sirens, which is an interesting development. I'm not exactly sure how that will work. Uh,
1: yeah, are there mics on the outside of the car, or is it going to listen on the inside of the car?
0: Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I mean, you don't necessarily have to have mics from the outside of the car. I mean, we you don't right, right now. You listen from the inside of the car, unless like your windows are open or whatever. But uh, I mean, and sirens are pretty strong. <laughs> you can you can get from you can get inside the car. Uh, you even mentioned that uh, the vehicle is going to be able to detect hand gestures. So that should be useful for like if you have like a police officer, like a broken a broken traffic light, a police officer that is signaling traffic, uh, you can apparently this Vision is gonna be able to detect that and and respond to those comments, or a cyclist uh, for for the cyclists that still use the, the you know the hand signals like that, uh, it, it, it's pretty useful too. Well, so we'll see if uh, how that works. Uh, but, yeah, that's pretty much it for our Tesla news this week. Then we have a few other news items. But if you guys have any questions that you want to ask us or um, some topics that you want us to discuss, uh, put them in the comment section right now, and we'll get to them in about uh, 15 minutes. Uh, Rivian today sent uh, sent me a little email as a reservation holder, another uh, uh, fun one, uh, confirming a delay for the deliveries of the first uh, R1T electric pickup trucks. Uh, it was supposed to come this month, but we are already halfway through the month, and uh, there was no signs. I, I talked to them also earlier this month because uh, I was looking at their support page, and the support page was saying like, "Oh, you, if you're a founder series reservation holder, which I am, you're gonna get, um, you're gonna be contacted by a guide, Rivian, like like Tesla, Tesla advisor, Rivian as Rivian guide, they call them. Uh, you're gonna be contacted by them for a delivery between July and November. Uh, no, they said by November." And I thought that was weird by November, like like deliveries are supposed to talk, start, in July, start in July. So I contacted them and said, yeah, yeah it's still it's still going to be between July up until November. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I didn't report anything. But then sure enough, a few weeks later, now the uh, it's actually a letter from the CEO, RJ Scurridge, sent out a letter explaining that they're going to have to push uh, R1T deliveries to September. And uh, the R1S, the, the SUV version, is going to come shortly after. So that one is also pushed because I think it, it was supposed to come also very shortly after July when the R1S delivery restart. In the letter, it did comment a few things saying that uh, the, the, the pandemic still has an impact on them. like the, A lot of things were, were pushed back and they still have an impact today. The uh, semiconductor industry is also impacting them, the, the big chip shortage and um, a bunch of other things like that. He did mention that the team is now more than 7,000 people that work at Rivian, which is uh, quite significant, really. He says that currently they are building a, a dual production line for the R1T and R1S. In the future, it's going to be just a production line for the R1T and the R1S. And they have also a separate line for the commercial Amazon delivery van. Some people were questioning maybe that uh, Rivian is putting priority on those vans because we are seeing more of them now. Uh not necessarily the case. Uh, I didn't, didn't mention anything about that. He did mention that there's going to be more transparency going forward about the scheduling of the deliveries. So if you have a reservation, uh, be on the lookout for uh, one of those guides uh, contacting you. And uh, one thing that he did mention and I think makes sense uh, in terms of a positive, positive impact on the delay of the deliveries is that it's going to give them more time to uh, build more charging stations and uh, the Rivian Adventure Network. And uh, also build more, build more service centers, which uh, you you really need. Like if you, if you're delivering the cars, you kind of have to have a service center. Uh, I mean, hopefully you don't need service, but most likely not, especially for a new car company like that. You're gonna something might happen. And uh, he says that now he's gonna be able to open more by the end of the year. And because uh, I, I would I would expect them not to deliver cars in markets where there's no service center just yet. Though we didn't stop Tesla to do that early on either, so
1: who knows? Yeah, it's been kind of a long wait for uh, trucks. Like Rivian was going to be the first, and uh, you know Tesla was supposed to be at the end of this year. Uh, we're waiting for Ford now. I mean, yeah. what if what if GM was the first one to deliver a truck? Well, that, that's what I was thinking today because uh, you remember when the Belling Site started
0: making the HUDs for the the race to uh, the first electric pickup truck. Actually, they did yeah. that on my suggestion too. <laughs> like they kept they kept asking me, I like, we like the Elon Elon space, and they were they kept making like bets on Elon things. And they like, do you have any suggestion? And I'm like, there's like if you want to bet on something, races are, are, are very popular to bet on. And there's actually a race to bring the first day to pickup truck, and I was shocked by the odds that they came up with because I thought they were like very good. Like they were pretty much exactly what I would I would do. And the Rivian also had the best odds; they were the leader in the. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say the best odds. Like they, they were the most likely to come first. They they were giving you the worst odds. Like if you bet on Rivian, you would get less money than if you bet on Tesla right. Right, to bring the Cybertruck on market because they, they thought they would come after. Uh, but now, talking September, and uh, GM, we know GM, the founder, uh, is the first edition, I think they call it? Uh, yeah, first edition of the GMC Hummer. Yep. We know that's gonna be low volume uh, it's a hundred and thirty thousand or hundred and twenty thousand dollar truck or something like that so yeah. but first customer to, first delivery to customers is the first delivery to customers so even if they de- deliver like 20 of them this year it, it's still 20 and it's getting close to
1: that I think uh, I think Didn't if the- it's
0: in September it's still Rivian. but if there's any more delays I think GM takes the takes the lead.
1: I feel like GM sold their first Hummer for like a million dollars or something. There's some kind of charity wow. thing. Uh, oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, the first year, the first one, the very first one, yeah.
1: Right. Um. So that might be the first electric uh, consumer truck out on the market. Yeah, maybe. Well,
0: I mean, if it's the 2022 version, uh, normally I think it's like what October that they come out probably. Right.
1: Uh, yeah. Should. I mean, should that, do- that's assuming no no delays from GM, which yeah. is having you know, some issues itself right now. Yeah, because it's not just, I mean, building
0: a few. Like it, RJ actually mentioned that in the letter. Like, we've seen a ton of uh, production validation units on the road testing and everything. He's like, yeah, but we're not going to deliver those. We're gonna, we, we we keep them because we are learning a lot from them and that will help the consumer product. But, uh, yeah, GM could could just do the same thing and just deliver a few of those. But at the same time, it's not just that. You need, you need to get, like... Uh, EPA approval for it. You need to get uh, all the regulatory approval to deliver the the, the vehicle. All right. Another big news this week, Electric Fair America. So we talked about them last week about, uh, they were talking about this billion dollar investment that they were looking for, uh, hiding another investor other than uh, Volkswagen. And uh, that would result in acceleration of their deployment of charging station in the US. And, um, oh, not working. And today they announced that they're, they call it the boost plan. And it's a doubling of the number of charging stations they plan to deploy in the U.S. and Canada uh, by 2025 to now 10,000 chargers at 1,800 fast charging stations. So it's a doubling of what they previously were um, talking about deploying with their original $2 billion investment that um, that they were forced to, to do uh, through their EPA and CARB settlement over the diesel gate uh, scandal so now i mean we always saw it coming like when 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 that was that that was done like we said yeah you're gonna spend the two billion dollars that you have to but then you end up with just a great business of of, of charging energy vehicles so why not just keep going at that point if you already made a two billion dollar investment and uh, it's exactly what they're doing right now with this boost plan but they didn't announce any uh any partner in it uh so that's uh was a rumor last week we discussed. I don't remember. Who, yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, it seemed like a likely one. So here you see just a little update of the map. Uh, so the the Midwest and the northeast, uh, the, the, the north of the U.S. is getting a lot more. The Trans-Canadian Highway is being built. So previously, like the station were mostly like uh, on the east coast and the west coast of Canada. Now you have a complete link to, the, to it. So good stuff.
1: Yes, uh, somebody in the comments, uh, Dan Oberst, says, uh, might Rivian be a possible buyer of Electrify America chargers? I mean, we know Rivian's doing their own yeah. thing, but um, maybe they're going to outsource to them. Could be. We don't know. Yeah. I mean, the, the rumor in particular was looking for a billion-dollar
0: partner, so I don't know if Rivian uh, wants to spend a billion dollars on that. They they right. do have a lot of money, of course. They've been great at raising money. But They got that Amazon money. Yeah, big-time money. All right. Uh, oh that was a weird one so we discussed last week the uh another uh gm sh- uh, Chevy bolt EV fire Ugh. in Vermont and uh, we kind of pressure put a little pressure on GM with that to like uh look your your fix for it or your, your' how you're handling the situation is uh is is far from ideal like it's, it's it's not looking good right now um we 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 don't like to say that the electric cars are a higher percentage of <clears throat> sorry, a higher chance of uh, catching on fire than a a vehicle that has a tank full of uh, inflammable product in it. But in this case, if you look at the actual number of bolts on the, on the road and the number of fires that's happening, uh, it's starting to look pretty bad. And uh, GM is like, they have their software fix and then they're like, uh, we limit the battery pack capacity and we look for a possible thermal runway event. It's like this, it's, uh, it's, It doesn't look like a great solution when things like that here are happening, like literally car catch like melting uh, on
1: themselves. Yeah, after applying the, the software fix.
0: After applying the software fix. Then you have like a company like Hyundai that is in a similar situation, though they do claim, and by they I mean GM, that they don't have the same problem uh, with the battery pack, and uh, Hyundai is straight up replacing those battery packs. Uh, which is a lot more proactive than than what gm is doing here and now the to put the uh, cherry on the sunday they s- released this week an update saying that uh the 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 out of an abundance of caution which i i i would have remove that from that comment by the way we are asking owners of 2017 to 2019 chevy bolt evs we are part of the recall population which is almost all of those owners expect the except for the later 2019 ones um i mean how many of like 65,000 of them or something like it's in, yeah. not not just a few of them like most of those chevy bolt 2017 2019 owners we were part of the recall that's them to park their vehicle outdoors immediately after charging, and not to leave their vehicle charging overnight while we investigate these incidents. So they the, uh, they are literally removing the main advantage of having an electric car, which is overnight charging. And yeah. they are telling you you cannot park it in your garage after charging. Like what the hell? Like that? This is no solution whatsoever. Especially after you you, you guys were talking about this is this is fixed now. We we're gonna detect if there's a runaway event, and uh, we uh, uh and that's it. So. This is really embarrassing stuff from GM, I think, uh, on that front.
1: Um, yeah, for sure. And, and uh, you know, uh, Hyundai, I believe two-thirds of the cost of the replacement batteries are coming from LG. I wonder if there's something about the agreement with GM and LG or the fact that GM is building a huge battery plant with LG that makes them less likely or less... Uh,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, we, we discussed
0: that they are not in the same situation because of that partnership over Altium, But here, yeah. here's my thinking: like, the Bolt is is dead at this point. Like, the like, there's there's the 2022 version, sure, but even that is not that exciting because it's the whole it's the whole technology in terms of powertrain. There's no big upgrade on that front. It's more a design thing. Uh, it, like, obviously, GM is putting all their money on the Siam platform and everything. So. The bolt is not going to be a moneymaker for them in the short term, and like that is just it, 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 it's just going to leave a bad taste going yeah. into the Altium generation. Which uh, I mean, I'm I'm hyped about a lot of GM's electrification plan on that front. Uh, like the the lyric, it looks looks amazing. I mean, the Hummer EV is not for everyone, but still, the Silverado could be very cool. The electric Silverado. There's a lot of thing I'm excited for GM on that front. But then if they just like leave the previous generation on that note like oh well all the, these city Bolt owners are, are are basically screwed with with that on it's it's not a good idea so replace all those battery pack and be done with it like hit the bullet and um eat the bullet and and, and that's it i feel like yeah i think we're all in agreement on that except for gm right all right porsche Great news from Porsche. You remember way back uh, before they started delivering them, like they were like, I right, we're seeing strong demand from the for, for the Taycan, and uh, we uh, we even starting to think about that we we're gonna need to produce like forty thousand of them per year, which is huge for for Porsche. Like they, they don't they don't have many like high volume program, uh, especially not for non SUVs like the Cayenne and the Macan Mac- can have decent numbers, but other than that, they don't. 40,000 units is a lot for them. And now they announced today that they are actually on pace for 40,000 units this year, just two years into the, the vehicle program being on the market. Uh, they delivered 19,822 Taycans during the first half of the year. Uh, that's basically as many as the 911 and uh, a lot more than the 13,000 Panamera that they delivered, which is the closest competitor in their own lineup. So the Taycan is becoming like a staple of Porsche's lineup, and uh, only only the their SUVs are bigger vehicle program. Well, I mean technically the 911 by a little bit, but uh, in terms like of major difference, only the the Macan and the and the Cayenne, which are at 44 and 43 thousand units so far this year, so significantly bigger, but. Uh, And again, the SUVs are just are just so popular these days. It's not it's not fair Uh, with the Cross Turismo, though, though, again, it's not an SUV. It's a a wagon, but it could it could help.
1: Yeah. So uh, Porsche told me uh, when uh, I I got a chance to review the uh, Cross Turismo that they were like, this one's going to really sell a lot more than even the regular Taycan. So I think a lot of the, um, the growth there is from the Cross Turismo, which is, you know, goes off road it's a little bit bigger uh, in Europe you think or was that the like the US team that told you that uh the US team told me that so i, oh, you know, I don't right. know i don't know if that's uh what what that is also um cuz wagons know, are super popular in Europe but we
0: don't see them that much here
1: right well America. it's it's kind of like a a, a flat SUV. um oh. also uh the panamera is the only porsche that's like like falling in price. So we, we know that Porsche is kind of cannibalizing its own product yeah. with the electric version, which is yeah. what you need to do. Like these companies that are like, well, we don't want to stop selling gas cars because that's where we make our money. Yeah. If you don't cannibalize your product, somebody else is going to cannibalize your product.
0: Yeah, but actually the, the Panamera is up 6% during the first half of the year, but that's that's after the Taycan already did a lot of damage last year. And, and then there was also the the, 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 the pandemic, uh, that was very hurtful. Uh, that hurt the sales a lot last year. So, so the six percent is not is, is not that big of a deal uh, this quarter. I would still assume that the Titan is, like you said, cannibalizing a lot of sales from the Panamera. All right, last piece of news here. Jeez, I couldn't believe it. I got I got the press release from Ford on this yesterday, and I read it. and I was like, "Is this? Is this?" April Fool that I just traveled in time to April 1st. Somebody's we, huffing gas here. Yeah. <laughs> so they released this press release where they announced that they created this scent, this this fragrance, this this perfume that is meant to not really smell like petrol, but to remind you of the smell of petrol. And you probably asking Fred, why would you do that? And <laughs> They did that because they have this survey, which I have some doubt around the validity of the survey. They don't, they don't they didn't release any of the methodology behind the survey like that. They just they just released a few data points from it. But they said that from their survey, they found out that one in five drivers, so twenty percent of the driving population surveyed, uh is gonna the, the smell of petrol is gonna be the number one thing that they're gonna miss from a gas powered vehicle. I mean, to be fair, I don't I don't see like a huge list of things that you would miss from a gas power cars, But I certainly wouldn't think that a smell of petrol would be on top of that list. And that's apparently what it is for 20% of the population, or at least the population that they surveyed. I will really want to know who they surveyed on that thing. But anyway, uh, and not only that, not only one in five, so 20%, 70% of the people surveyed said that while it wouldn't be the number one thing that they missed, It would they wouldn't miss it to one degree, so a majority of of them said that they would miss the smell of gas. And look, I've heard that before, I've heard people like, Oh, I like like burning rubber, the smell of burning rubber, I like the smell of gas, like a lot of petrol head. I mean, sure, okay, I can get to the degree some of the appeal of it, if like because smell. Smell is associated to memories and things like that. So, like, all oh, the first time that your your dad brought you to the racetrack and whatever, like, it, it brings it back. Like, I, I can understand all that, but a majority of people, as that like, I, I would think that it would be like a small, small minority. Anyway, so well, like, uh, if you, you give me like I'm an executive at Ford, if you bring me back these the result of these uh, of these survey, um, my my first response is like, all right. So we just surveyed a bunch of, of morons or whatever. Like, let's be more politically correct, but uh, they probably would be. And uh, let's move on and let, uh, let's make our electric vehicle the best it can be. And they will change their mind eventually. But no, the executive at Ford it was like, all right, that cannot be good. Our electric cars need to smell like petrol now. And they hired this uh, fragrance consultancy firm called Oil Fiction. And uh, they they created this smell that they cleverly call Mac O, uh, mm. like a eau de cologne, but with Mac E as a play on uh, word. Very clever, as much as cl- almost as clever as actually making that happen. And <laughs> look at the look at the whatever what you call it, how it comes in. But anyway, and uh, they. They they didn't say it, it's, it, they say it doesn't smell like petrol. They said the new scent is designed to help hosher these drivers into the future of driving to their sense of smells. Rather than just smelling like petrol, though, Mac Ho is designed to please the nose of any wearer, a high-end fragrance that fuses smoky accords, aspect of rubber, and then an animal element to give a nod to the Mustang heritage.
1: Um, mm. wait animal smell to yeah. like, must, uh, like horse poop what is the i would assume more leather like
0: mustangs is, uh, most often than not they are like leather but I, I i don't know but here's the thing like now they're talking about okay we we created that to 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 ease the transition to the two vehicles for for those drivers that like the smell of petrol but then they said they created it and they debuted it at the Goodwood Speed uh, event in in London. Uh, not in London, in, in England. And um, But they're not selling it, they said. They just they created it and they made this marketing around it, but they're not selling it. Because at first, when I was reading this and I was like, my mind was blown that it was happening, I thought, because I, as you know, the, a lot of premium automakers now, they have this, uh, um, wait, what do you call it? I, uh, I put it in there. Uh, the send diffuser inside the car and you you have this little cartouche that you 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 buy and you put in the car and then you have different smells that the car can push on you The e-tron has that or at least the European version of it has it and a bunch of luxury vehicles have that now so I thought that was it I thought that was what was it trying to do but no what they were doing is at Goodwood they brought a Mackie GT there and people that were like getting in the car to look at it and everything, they were giving them this little like uh like plastic thing that they put the scent on so they can smell the the, the petrol scent or whatever it is while they check out the car. Which um which is crazy, let's be honest. It's crazy. Yeah.
1: If I smelled gas in a Mach E, I would think that there's some sort of leak or spill <laughs> or something. Yeah, you someone like
0: uh at the lawnmower, like went to the gas station to bring the lawnmower, right. uh, and, and then still, it's still in the back, yeah, something like that. It's, uh, yeah. I think, I think, I think, I think Ford could use to have their priority and, the... oh, it's the Mac OGT too because they put a GT on it. Oh, it's just, it's just nonsense. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, I, 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 I was thinking of reaching out through the, the product like person behind it and everything. Like like what, what is happening in your office right now? But I won't be I won't be a, won't be a dickhead.
1: Uh, okay. Let's, uh, let's jump into the comment section because we're done with the news item right now. All right. Uh, Daniel Mitchell asks, I hope, or says, I hope the Rivian puts pressure on Tesla to release a smaller cyber truck. The existing design is quite wide, making it an electron guzzler. Now Rivian is delayed. Sigh. Is there
0: yeah. r much smaller than the Cybertruck though? I don't. Uh, I wasn't aware of how much smaller it is. Not that it's necessarily what he's
1: implying there, but I think so. Yeah, it's narrower, maybe. I don't know. Is it, is, yeah, I mean, Elon did, did say, say that. Uh,
0: Elon did say that the uh, it, it's not uh, they are not going to make the Cybertruck smaller. They're going to stick with the version basically the same that was on Veal. But he said that it could be a possibility in the future to have not necessarily a smaller cyber truck, but a smaller pickup truck. I mean, I think there's definitely a market for it. Like, we, we're going to see what's happening with the Maverick right now from Ford. Uh, it's a popular truck. It's a gasoline truck, of course, but still.
1: All right. Uh, Luke Miller says, hi again from Montreal. What are your thoughts on the future of pay with PlugShare now that EVgo and are involved? Plug and charge competitor? Question mark. Yeah, I wasn't. So he's referencing the fact that
0: Evigo bought a Recargo, which is the company behind PlugShare. Uh, to be honest, I only use PlugShare as like just a like kind of a Yelp of charging station. I've never yeah. they, they do have uh, they do have a payment system on there, but I've never used that. Uh, the, uh, were you even aware of that, or did you ever use that from PlugShare? I was aware of
1: it. I've never used it. Um, you know, it was kind of like one of those things they were trying to kind of you know bring. Revenue. All, yeah, all these things together. Um, I don't know if that's going to continue because EVGO's got their own payment system and nobody else is going to sign up with PlugShare mm-hmm. now that they're part of EVGO. So um, I don't know if that's going to continue on. You know, we had the same questions that everybody else mm-hmm. in the comments of that post had, which was, you know, we love PlugShare because it was neutral. Um, now it's not going to be neutral. Like, you know, you, you know, how are they going to treat Electrify America the same as uh, EVgo when they're owned by EVgo? And, and you know, whether it's the comments, they're going to, you know, the ratings, whatever. They came back, uh, CEO of uh, Ricargo and uh, EVgo both said, no, no, it's we're just going to leave it alone. It's going to be fine. So we'll see how it goes. Is it actually going to have to do our own Yelp of charging station in in the response? We'll see. Oh yeah, so there is already a, a open charging. I think it's called Open Charge oh, yeah? Network or something. Um, I looked at it a little bit. It doesn't have nearly as many as reviews, so it's not quite mm. as Yelp friendly. But it's it's called Open, so maybe it it's open source or something. Mm. I don't know. All right. Jonathan DeVito says, thanks for all you do, guys. Small cars in the FSD beta visualizations look unique, like cross between a Cybertruck and a Roadster. Maybe an early design (laughs) concept for the 25K Tesla Easter egg. (laughs) That's a good one. Yeah, a lot of people do that when Tesla updates their uh, their,
0: their, their car renders. Not impossible, but I have my doubts.
1: Be a nice, says, ugliest car ever. The Pacer, when we were talking about (laughs) the the unique mobility electric. Um, yeah. So, so why not buy the shirt? You
0: get the ugliest car ever basically in the, right in the middle. Right. Uh,
1: can we please start it? Uh, Jonathan Hart says, can we please start a petition for Tesla to keep door handles on the Cybertruck? truck? Hmm. Look,
0: I have a 2016 model X that do have the self presenting doors and it works perfectly fine. To be honest, like I've never had a problem with them. And look, at the end of the day, the 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 door like it it pops open, and then you, you like you can close it yourself or open it yourself from the inside. So it's not it's not that big of a deal. It's it's much it's much like uh, the uh, the Mackie actually that the, the rear door. They also they also don't have any handles on them. It's just like you pull it from the sides. It's uh it's the same thing. It's not it's not that big of a deal. I, I surely will not start a, a petition for it.
1: All right. Jay Hill says, there are almost no YouTube videos or news stories regarding the Tesla Model S long range, not the Plaid. So are they delivering many to customers? I think that might be a a combination of not delivering many to customers. And also, it's not really that exciting uh, compared to the Plaid. Yeah, exactly. But
0: to answer his question, they are delivering some. I think they started more with uh, like the people that have like the higher end configuration, like if you put like the bigger tires on them and, and things like that. That's where they focused on, uh, just for like uh, gross margin reasons. Uh, so there's not like not many like eighty thousand version of it delivered, or now eighty five thousand now that they uh, changed the price. But uh, it's going to come. It's just for, for videos and news stories on them, though, there's just there's just not much to talk because everything that's in there is in the plaid that everyone is talking about. is just, like, more efficient, longer range,
1: and that's about it. All right. Um, so Jeffrey Kass says, do you foresee older V2 supercharger stations getting upgraded to V3s? no well n- not until
0: there's any issues with them and they need to replace them i think that's the strategy so far has been mostly to add to the network than to uh to replace because it's just more efficient that way there's just you had more chargers but uh yeah but though if there's any problem with the station then yes you just replace them with the newer ones and, and, and that makes more sense
1: all right uh richard stallman which i think i don't know if that's his real account but um He's a big, big Linux guy, uh, new new Linux. All right. I'd like to interject for a moment. Uh, what you're referring to as Linux is, in fact, new Linux, or as I've recently taken to call it, new plus Linux. All right. So that's just a clarification, I guess. Were we, were we talking about Linux or there? Uh, we might have mentioned it. I don't know. Maybe that's a bot, like we said, a Linux once. And <laughs> here we go. All right. Uh, we're talking about, let's see. Maybe I'll move down. Yeah. Salute, so Fred, and hi, Seth. Thanks for all the news you are airing every week. Do you have any about the Giga Berlin factory? Uh, I know that the
0: uh, the the people that are uh, like they keep getting challenged in court by those on environmentalist group over a bunch of different issues at the plant, and the the uh, kept going to higher court and everything. And this the latest news is that it got shut down again. So that's a good news for Tesla moving forward. Uh, but they still don't have final approval over production. So that's what they're waiting for right now as they keep uh, uh, using uh, uh, just uh, more specific authorization to keep adding to their production capacity um, at, at the plant and to, of course, the construction of the battery factory too. But, uh, yeah, so so there's still no clear sign of when it could start. As we reported a few months back, there was a report that uh, Elon told the team that he sees production more starting the towards the end of the year or early next year, like in January around that time. But uh, yeah, it's obviously delayed. The, the original target was July. doesn't look like it's going to happen. Uh, and I would maybe even think that Texas is going to start before Berlin at this point.
1: All right. Ian Michael Smith, you might remember from last time, had a 2013 Tesla Model S60, which I also had. Uh, and I had a bat- battery failure. I mean, this is eight years later. They've, they've offered us a courtesy 25% discount on the $23,000 replacement. That's a lot of money for a 60-kilowatt-hour battery. Also found out that the pack they're offering is refurbished. We were literally told by Devin at the Renan Service Center that most customers just get a new car before their car gets this old, and you should have factored the cost of the battery replacement into the cost of the car. So that's bad customer service. Um, What I would say is, hey, use this opportunity to try to get a bigger battery pack. Try to get an 85 or 90 or whatever. Um, And then, you know, if you're paying $20,000, but you're getting a bigger battery pack, maybe that's easier to swallow. Otherwise, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah,
0: uh... It's gonna be hard to sell it with a non-working battery pack. I mean, there's some value in the car still for other parts, for the motors, and and maybe even the battery pack itself, if someone feels like they can repair it. Uh, um, yeah, I would I would maybe see with like depending on where you are based, with guys like uh, the the Electric Garage in, in Massachusetts, with um, Rich Rebuild. And uh, you have guys like Jason Huge in, in, in Carolina, in North Carolina. Then you have the guys in the, or South Carolina. I can't remember, I remember which, which Carolina is from. And there's a few guys also in California that, that are known to be battery pack. Uh, Krug, uh, Gruber, like the Gruber group in Arizona, they have uh, saved a few battery packs too that uh, didn't work. So maybe uh, maybe try to reach out to those, but like, it all depends on where you're where you're I mean if uh, if you have to like ship the, bad, the the car there and it's a few thousand bucks it's uh, then it becomes a uh, not a very efficient way to, to to get to go about it
1: all right Jim Whitehead says I don't know who buys a bolt today so you know yes that's a problem like uh, we're talking about the uh, Chevy bolt fires um, to to a person like myself or fred we know that this is affecting the 2017 to 2019 yeah. theoretically then 2020 to 2022 bolts are safe like lg learned the lesson everything's fine however uh we're a very small minority of the consumer base yeah. and most people hear bolt fires and they that means no more bolts so i think that's a yeah. i think that's a big problem any feelings on that, Fred? Yeah, it's about it. I mean, there's still people that's
0: gonna buy it because it, the they the are the it's reflected in the price too. Like, the, you can get them cheap, today. so uh, some people will take their risk for sure.
1: All right, a is, radical. Yeah, we'll go ahead. All right, uh, radical. Rick says a poll was done by two main web website asking where the customer was going to either F one hundred and fifty or Cybertruck, and on both sites, around eighty percent chose Cybertruck. Uh, and these were not cyber uh, Tesla fan sites either. Yeah, but um, I mean, if if you're talking about like a website poll, and that means absolutely nothing, because
0: like where where are people handing up on that website through through what channels and anything like that? Like the where they were they like searching for Cybertruck? Were they searching for F one fifty? Like you, you you never know. So like I wouldn't I wouldn't put much stock in that.
1: Yeah. All right. Jim Whitehead says, Porsche's ASP is so high, they might actually make a profit on EVs. I think we were told that Porsche is making a profit on their EVs.
0: I mean, the Taycan is not cheap either.
1: It's not cheap. Green Gold says, the Chevy Bolt is the most affordable EV on the market. That's true, especially the used ones, especially now. (laughs) Uh, Nasavian says, just found the show, love it, picked up my first BEV last week, Model Y, couldn't imagine going back to ICE. That's a general consensus. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Congratulations. Hi, guys. Um, I think we're getting close to the end here. Uh, The average pickup truck owner is not a fan of the Cybertruck. That may be true, but I think the Cybertruck is kind of expanding beyond just the average pickup truck driver. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean the 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 price per range and and functionality is just there's nothing better in the BV world period without without even looking at, at the pickup truck. So I think I think the Tesla is looking to build a, its own market there with that, and then siphon slowly some pickup truck buyers through that. And, and convert some that way, which, which is not a bad strategy. For the people that just like the conventional-looking pickup truck, you, 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 you're you going to have the F-150 Lightning, a Silverado, uh, then the Rivian is definitely more conventional-looking than the Cybertruck, but I wouldn't necessarily say completely conventional-looking, which I would say is also a good thing. But, uh, I, I mean, I'm looking... Uh, I'm very excited about the electric pickup truck market, uh, including the Cybertruck. I think it has its own little spot
1: in there that is uh, going to grow over time. All right. Uh, how much do you think the Model Y Bio Defense retrofit upgrade will cost? Uh, is it confirmed that it's going to be a retrofit? Because that's not the Tesla way. <laughs>
0: Yeah. That's no not the Tesla way for sure. He just put a big filter. Like, not like uh focus. like the other guy that uh is having to replace his battery packs. <laughs> Tesla is more buy a new car. You you want the new uh buy weapon? buy a new car. <laughs> That's the Tesla's approach.
1: Yeah. Uh Tesla Green Gold, Tesla is supposedly working with Samsung and LG on forty six eighty battery production. I did hear that. Yeah, we did report
0: on that. Uh, the, the latest news is that they completed the sales samples that they sent back to Tesla, and now
1: uh, they are trying to get the contract for it. All right. Uh, Nemo Chow says, do you have any thoughts on Canoe's sedan scheduled to launch in 2023? Do you think that's too late? I I, that... I'm
0: not I'm not a big fan of Canoe. I mean, the, I'm not, I wasn't a big fan of their first vehicle, and now the sedan looks like it's their original vehicle put in the panini press that they, like, press very hard on it and then that's that's the new vehicle. Not a big fan of that to be honest. It's just not I I don't get it.
1: Uh All right, let's see if we can find one more here. This problem with Cybertruck's exoskeleton is that it's not a versatile platform for modification. Any thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, uh Maybe uh, I mean, what kind of modification are we talking about? I'm sure Tesla's gonna highlight some things for the for the bed, for the what do you call it, the cover, uh, vault, yeah. the vault. But um, other than that, I mean, unless he's talking about like putting a putting a shovel in front or or, or something like that, uh, I, I don't I don't know how the exhaust would be a problem with that. Uh, m- we we're gonna have to see, but yeah, it it might not be like your average work truck. That's that's a fair uh yeah for assessment.
1: Yeah, and then he continued with all this unnecessary feature creep, the cyber truck yeah. like rear turning wheels and self presenting doors, expect a major price mm-hmm. hike. We kinda we kinda expected there to be some- Yeah, the forty thousand dollar one for like two
0: hundred and fifty plus mile range is uh like we all said when they released that I was like what? makes like, yeah everyone everyone's going to be buying that if that's the case like yeah you're going to yeah. have like taxi services like going around in Cybertruck because the $40,000 one uh with that kind of range and efficiency like you, you, you're going to want to have that like it makes no sense
1: all right that's pretty much it for the comments
0: all right thanks everyone for watching oh a quick mention of the IAA coming uh the first,
1: 6th uh, of September it start. Yeah, we, we get on the 6th, but it opens to the public on
0: the 7th. 7th of September in Munich. If you are around, uh, if you are traveling there or if you're from there, go check us out there. We're going to have a booth at the mobility uh, section of the con- uh, conference of the show. It's going to be a lot of cool things being unveiled there. There's a rumor that the, the first model of Audi artemis project the the super efficient electric car that they print to release is going to be first unveiled there and a bunch of other automakers are also uh using that stage for from some unveilings and uh, we're gonna we're really excited about it uh it's gonna it's gonna be our first trip uh international trip since the whole pandemic and the whole crew is gonna be, well not the whole crew but uh uh, Set uh, myself, and uh, Micah is going to be there, and we're going to try to produce a ton of content for you guys there. A lot of bike stuff because there's the a real bike um, right before that too. So it's going to be a lot of fun. we we'll hope to see you there uh, first week of September. And uh, also the electric shirt. If you guys want the electric shirt, go on Spring go on the electric uh, article, click on the link at the bottom, and get yourself some merchandise. You can get a mug too and things like that if you're so inclined. And uh, we're going to see you same time, same place next week. Have fun, everyone. Good weekend.